This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio C, here's Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is good? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio C, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, July 28th. Great to have you with us. I am Jerem Jordan, teamed up with the guy who apparently had an encounter on the road with uh, BYU receivers coach Fessy Sitake. His name is Jason Shepard. Yeah, look, uh, I- I'm a little surprised. I'm, I'm just minding my own business getting on the I-15, and, and somebody cuts me off. I, I, I don't quite understand. I didn't think much of it. And then all of a sudden, I, I happened to see this tweet from, from Fessy Sitake. Okay. If you would allow me, I, I would actually like to read it because uh, he puts this out as a, as a PSA, or for those that don't know, a, a public service announcement. So if you will, maybe, may I read the PSA? It's an hour-long show. We have time. Okay, let's do this. The lights before you get on the freeway are called ramp metering lights. Some say one vehicle per green, some say two. Pay attention before you honk at someone and flip them off. (laughs) Hopefully, the wonderful young lad who did that today sees this post. If you do, Jesus loves you. For the record, it was it was not me. It was not th- th- you. This, oh, okay. that, it was not me. Also, you being called young is awesome. Okay, I, I love okay. that. That was yeah. uncalled for. What? Uh, you that, look so young. Uh, but no, You're it, fit, it, dude. It was <laughs> it was not me on the freeway. But I think that we, is funny, and I can relate. We all can relate to because when it's going two, through. I go, "Hey, it's two. Let's go." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's me speaking out loud to myself, driving, obviously. Uh, sometimes when it's one, it's two, right? <laughs> No, no, is that, is that not? Is that not Did a I overstep you my bounds? Do, well, who's going to govern that? You're just like, yep, I'm going to. I'm just upset. Oh, just, I thought I saw two. I'm just mad when they're on. Because they're not they're on, on all the time. Yes. It's obviously during certain times of the day. Yes. Uh, every time I say, I'm like, ah. You hate when they're on. I hate when you it know, makes me stop. You know what? You know yeah, what? Yeah, I'm fine with just the natural flow of traffic stopping me. But for whatever reason, when I see the red go on, it gets me mad. Like, well, you know, like red. Well, but that's for, for other reasons. Except for the Chiefs. But, uh, like, merging out of the carpool lane when it's a solid line, yeah. I do not care. I'm like, I'm out of here. Wow. My wife is like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I am, I am going up. Yeah, Highway Patrol. Um. <laughs> like to report a murder. Here's your show lineup. If the college football playoff expands to 16, there's there's a little bit of mentioning, a little bit of discussion here. How often would we expect BYU to be in it? Oh, interesting. The latest on the Big 12 potential realignment with Josh Neighbors of the Locked On Big 12 podcast and Dennis Dodd's report about San Diego State entering the chat. Hi, show. What's up? And Atiki Ali Atiki keeps jumping out of the gym, but first, let's serve up some headlines. We'll start with football. BYU defensive end Tyler Batty was named to the 2022 Werfel Trophy watch list at his college football's premier award for community service. Very nice. Supposed to have a, another big year. We expect big things. Absolutely. From Tyler Jim Fredette and the money team lost 83-81 to Red Scare in the Dayton Regional Final of the basketball tournament. Fredette had 10 points. Cougar pitcher Ryan Brady signed a free agent contract with the Milwaukee Brewers yesterday. Congratulations to Ryan, including the four players who were drafted. That's five players from last year's team who are now 
on Major League Baseball organization rosters. Later in the show, we'll discuss uh, if we feel like BYU can replace those yeah. five. That's, that's a lot to lose. And swimmer Bradley Prolo took third at the USA Swimming Futures Championship in the 200 Butterfly with a time of 203.27. You ever swam the butterfly? I was so, so I was I've a, tried in an amateur yes, way. It yes. is very it difficult. It is very difficult. I don't know how they breathe in there. I was a swimmer in high school. Yeah. Could, I could never. Shout like, out to Kearns. Kearns High swimming. That's right. KHS, go Cougars. Go Cougs. Uh, that was so hard. The butterfly, so hard. The butterfly is so hard. Crazy hard. Jeez. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, a 16-team playoff has been discussed this week at Big Ten Media Days. Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith told ESPN the proposal for 16, quote, just seems to be out there, and, quote, you can't ignore it. Jason, how often would you expect BYU to be in a 16-team playoff? Should it go that direction? First of all, I love how it was always 12. 12 is the number. Now, all of a sudden, like, 12. Who cares about 12? It's all about 16. This is an interesting question because – I, the more I thought about it, my answer started to sway. And, and look, my, my initial reaction was, because we were having this conversation yesterday, mm -hmm. and you said, how often would you expect, would it be crazy for BYU to be in the college football playoff under a 16-team format once in 10 years? And I, I, when you said that, I thought, well, no, of course not. I'm like, in fact, I don't think it's insane to think, once every five years, BYU could be in that situation. Mm, and look, and, okay. and maybe I'm looking at recency bias and because I think we all have a tendency to do that. But just in the last two years, BYU would have finished in the top 16. So why would we think that once in five years would be so crazy? Certainly, once in 10 years, I think, is absolutely an achievable goal. Is once in every five an aggressive goal or an aggressive expectation? Probably, but I don't think it's crazy when you look at the fact that in 20 and 21, if we were in a 16-team format, BYU finished inside the top 16. So I don't think it is this outlandish statement that people would scoff at and say that has no chance of happening. Yeah, and once in every five would be awesome. I would love that. And you're right, the last two years have been special uh, in terms of what BYU has been able to do, which is be 10-2 and two or 10-1 and one at the end of the regular season. Again, before you at us, uh, it's got to be at the end of the regular season, not the final poll. And Correct. we're using AP because the college football playoff poll doesn't, uh, you know, well, they go end of regular season, right, in, in championship games. So, um, yes, once every five feels, feels a little aggressive, but I also wonder, too, okay, in the Big 12, how do things change? Like, what, what's BYU like? It can BYU, can BYU go 10-2 and two or better in the Big 12 in the regular season once every five years? That's the question. And because that 10 is important. That 10 is important because there's no single-digit win BYU team that, that is in the top 25 even uh, at the end of regular seasons or through the two-act championships, right? 96-98, of course, the 96 team was. But our stat of the day tells us a little bit about how many times BYU has been in the top 16 uh, in a long time. Hit it. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Okay, BYU's finished the regular season inside the AP Top 16 six times since 1985. Six times. Okay, 21 and 20, you mentioned. 09, 15. 96, 5th. Um, and uh, 90, 13th. And 85, 9th. 
We're talking about six times. Let's say the playoff had been 16, right? Um, and then here's the other thing that complicates this conversation. AQs on Meta Qualifier. If AQs are yes. happening, yes. and let's say, so when Utah plays in the 04 Fiesta, the Big East champ is Pitt, and they're ranked like 19th. They're not good. What if that happens with um, a conference? And it wouldn't happen with the Big Ten or the SEC. What, it hap- what if it happens with the, uh, the Pac-10, if you will, or whatever they are? The Pac-2. Or, or even the Big 12. Like, maybe you want it because then you're the next team in there. But that could affect things. Is a G5 given automatic access like it kind of has been in the BCS in the year six era for a while? That, that all complicates it too because then maybe, maybe you're 15th, but sorry, two t- the last two teams are out because you weren't in a, an AQ went in there, dot, dot, dot. I, I would hope BYU would get in there once every five years would be awesome because that's a team that you're talking about that's like pretty stinking good for BYU. Absolutely. Standards. To be 10-2 and two or better. Last year, BYU would have been in it, like you mentioned. 2020, unique season, BYU's in position, which is great. We hope that's the new norm and that this sort of on-ramp of tougher independent scheduling, despite my clamor for not doing it, will prepare BYU to be in a better spot in the Big 12 moving forward should the playoff get to that point. Now, if it gets to that point, that'd be fun. Are you in favor of a 16-team playoff, by the way? Yeah. Because it does dilute the regular season somewhat. It does, but... But it enhances the postseason. At the end of the day, as I I don't know if you've been following things, but money is kind of an important (laughs) part of this discussion. Sorry, what? And if if they go to... Again, like I said, we all thought there's no chance they're going to get any more than 12. So if we can just get to 12, things will be good. But now, all of a sudden, 12 is so... It's so last year. And 12 and th- would be tough for BYU. You yes. Got, you got to go You got to go 11-1, and one, and then you probably need to win the conference championship. Look, I, I am definitely in favor of, of playoff expansion, and if 16 is an option, I don't have a problem with it. I still think that it allows it to be special enough. It's, it's not like, like the current bowl system where everybody has a bowl game. The it's just bowl, an exhibition. Bowl games are not special anymore. They're just not. It's just a, a non-conference game. Yes, exactly. So in, in I, I'm in favor. Location. The point you brought up about the AQs, though, is really, really important. And it's, it's part of the criteria that we just don't know about. Yeah. We certainly expect there to be AQs in the scenario. I, I, I just can't imagine the SEC and the Big Ten not making sure that there are certain qualifiers that get multiple teams in. Now, now, if there are multiple, if, if you have a conference that has multiple AQs, that's when you really get into a problem. Oh, if they're doing division champs yeah. instead of just that's, conference champs? Yeah, so. Oh, because of size. Because of size, okay. then, then, you're, then you're in trouble. But because we've seen this, we see this in the NFL all the time where, you know, when you win a division, if your division is horrible, but you win the division, you're leapfrogging over somebody who had a better record than you and a better season than you to get into the postseason. You're hosting a wild card yeah. game against a and, better And team. so you would see that type of thing playing out where you have some AQs that maybe aren't as good as other teams that, that didn't qualify for the AQ. So maybe AQ shouldn't be in it. Well, but, but I just but, don't see any scenario where they're going to sign off on it without AQs. And in all likelihood, who, probably... Who are you referring to? The SEC and the Big Ten. I, th- I think uh, they're going to be just fine either way. I, I, I do, but I think they're yeah. going to want... I'm going to want a guarantee. They're, and that's, that's what they're going to want. They don't need a guarantee. They'll just be in it. Because they'll have but they're a they're going to stack the deck. Whether they know they're right. going to be in it, they're going to make sure that there team. is a in writing that they're going to get in regardless. 
And they can control uh, exactly how this goes. The <laughs> Big Ten and the SEC yeah. are the most powerful players in the college football conversation. Okay, back to Brigham Young. So if if uh, you know in the Big Twelve, BYU enters the Big Twelve. How often do you feel like BYU is going ten and two or better? Are you're hoping it's once every five years? Yeah, you're is hoping. You're hoping that it's at least you know once every five years. That seems to me, again, it's an aggressive expectation, but. Based and off we're not of, talking goal, we're talking expectation. Yes, the goal on, is every year. Based every off year. of the trajectory, I think this is what this program is is trying to get to. So yeah. if you can be in this once every five years in this situation, I think you're in a really really good spot. And certainly once every ten years, the expectation would be to be in a college football playoff game. Well. Uh, of 16 teams? Of 16. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Once every of 10 four, years. Four, once no. every Once every 10 years in a 16-team format, absolutely, that would be an expectation. Once every 10 years. Yes. That's For a, sure. That's a fair thing. We, we only have one season all time that we can really look at to know whether BYU can hang with that type of schedule. Right. It was last year. Yeah. You're right. It was last year. And BYU totally did, which is exciting. So you're talking about trajectory. Yes. It's not where you've been. It's where you're going. Right. And that's exciting. Um, in the, next year certainly won't be what the last two years and this this year is. It's going to be a new challenge for BYU being in the Big 12, losing a lot of big pieces. But the hope is that BYU can replenish and then in 2024 get after it and see where we're at. And maybe 25, BYU is competing for a conference championship. Maybe 24, I don't know. But it's exciting because now BYU has access to something it has not had. Yeah. We've, we've had to essentially for a decade plus, Jason, explain to people – BYU has no automatic access to any near six anything. They have to out at large SEC and Big Ten teams, essentially, and that's been difficult. BYU was probably a foot away from that last year from Oklahoma State should they score against Baylor in the Big 12 title game, perhaps being in a New Year's Six game. I mean, they were that close. And if you don't lose to Boise State at home, maybe you're, maybe you're in there. Maybe you out at large, Oklahoma State. Probably not. But it, I'm excited to see if it gets to a 16-team playoff, BYU needs to be in that thing every so often, which brings us to our question of the day. If the college football playoff were to expand to 16 teams in the future, how often would you expect BYU to make the playoff? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Cougar 70 on Twitter, you can land on Instagram and Facebook as well. Lots of factors are involved, but the Big 12 should have at least two teams in the playoffs, so the Cougs would, wouldn't have to go undefeated. That's the exciting part. You don't have to yes. go undefeated suddenly. One loss does not eliminate you. Yes. A conference runner-up could get the invite. Yes, the runner-up in three of the last five years, or no, four of the last five years in the Big 12, has had a New Year's Six at large. Um, that's That's... Not the 16-team playoff, but that's kind of the 12-team thing we have now, right? Uh, I think in a couple years they will be in the conversation. Most years, you're going to have to, and we'll see what happens because we've we we had the news in the offseason, Jason, that uh, you don't a conference can determine how it wants to run its conference championship. You don't need divisions per se. So BYU will need to go. You would think 10 and two or better to be in the mix. Yeah. For the conference title game, which those will still exist, I believe. Those will still, they're too, too big of a money grab yep. for TV. Christopher West on Instagram. At least once every four years, so a little more aggressive than your five. One-upping. 
<laughs> Topper. BYU's in perfect position to succeed in the Big 12. Honestly, I would not be surprised if they won the Big 12 title within the first three years of conference play. Ooh, what do you think of that? 23, probably not that year, but maybe 24, 25. Joining the Big 12 could not have come at a better time for BYU. Well, it would have been nice in 96, let's be honest. <laughs> We've already got a top 25 team. Now when you add on Power 5 recruiting, BYU is going to be a national powerhouse. Well, hey, Christopher West, that's the hope for Brigham Young football. You just encapsulated it. I think everybody would be on board with that's that. That's the no hope. question Let's about go. that. Let's go. All right, coming up, more videos of a seven-footer jumping things. <laughs> more of that. Plus, Josh Neighbors of the Locked On Big 12 podcast discusses the playoff proposal and the latest with the league with conference realignment. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's the final BYUSN special of the summer as we look back at 2020 and BYU football performing in a pandemic. Tune in tomorrow at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. What a year it was in 2020. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio C. Jerem Jordan alongside Jason Shepard. We now welcome in to offer some perspective on conference realignment and the Big 12 and much, much more, the host of the Locked On Big 12 podcast, Josh Neighbors. Josh, welcome to the program, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Okay, let's talk about what came out kind of during Big Ten Media Days and more of this 16-team playoff conversation, which is fun. Do you feel like that's an inevitability, or do you think it, it may go to 8 or 12 before it gets to 16? Yeah, th there is some irony with having Kevin Warren be the one who said, hey, I've heard 16 out there <laughs> after he shot down 12 last year. Um, you know, I actually hadn't heard too – I mean, 16 had been tossed around, right? But I hadn't heard too many people speaking about 16. I, I, that wasn't a big thing. I mean, I, I think that 12 model that Craig Thompson – Bob Bowlesby, Jack Swarbrick, and uh, also Greg Sankey put together was a pretty strong model, in my opinion. I like rewarding conference champions. I, I like rewarding, you know, maybe a, a G5 group as well. But obviously with conference realignment, who gets rewarded really has changed. So, you know, the, I think the hope for the Big 12 is that they get a seat at this table. Uh, I think they should. I mean, think about it last year. Like if there was a 12-team playoff last year, the Big 12 would have put two teams in that Baylor and Oklahoma, uh, Baylor and Oklahoma State rather, would have both been in there. So, um, you know, I, I'm I'm not in a rush to go from four to 16. Maybe we do it eventually, but I thought 12 was kind of a nice place to do it. Um, and I'm hoping whatever model we do get, we get some campus games. That's kind of a big thing for me because I'm tired of these of these events in these big NFL stadiums where it feels like a more corporate event than it does, you know, Notre Dame versus Alabama or a Cincinnati versus Alabama or Georgia versus Michigan. I don't like those kind of corporate atmospheres. I want some campus games. I think it's interesting that, you know, obviously we don't know what criteria would follow, whether it's 12 or in this circumstances, 16, you know, we, we don't know if, if there would be automatic qualifiers. I think most of us assume that there would be. It makes sense. I think you'd have a lot of people upset if there weren't. But do you think uh, AQs would help or hurt the Big 12, Big 12 chances of getting into a 16-team a college football playoff? The only circumstance in which it would hurt them is if the AQs were – it was multiple AQs in the same conference that wasn't the Big 12, right? So, like, if it were the – Big Ten West and Big Ten East or whatever they're going to call the divisions when they have, you know, 20 teams in it. If it's the Big Ten West champion and the Big Ten East champion both get in, 
and the champion of the Big Ten in the, in the conference championship game gets the bye, right? Like if that were the way that you were doing it, that could potentially hurt the Big 12. But as long as there are AQs, I definitely don't think it's going to be a negative for the Big 12 if, if they're included in that. Now, maybe, you know, the one way it could hurt them is if the committee says, well, we already filled our quota of Big 12 teams. We're not sure there's more than one deserving team. And, you know, let's just say like last year, Baylor is at five and gets the AQ and then, they say, well, do we do we think Oklahoma State's really that good? You know, is, is that conference really that good? That could be the way it hurts them for secondary teams. Obviously, automatically getting somebody in uh, would be helpful, generally speaking, especially after what we've seen. But I think it's 16. Like, you're going to have to have AQs. There's there's no way you have a 16-team playoff without having some AQs in there. Uh, I, I don't think you could just, you know, seed them all one through 16. I, I don't think that would appease too many people, but we'll see. I mean, Greg Sankey and, and uh, Kevin Warren seem to the ones kind of calling the shots now, and they've kind of almost publicly acknowledged that. Yeah, there's no, like, uh, commissioner of college football, but those two sort of form the uh, the po- most powerful two. If the you brain trust. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to talk yes. about parity in the Big 12. So the Pac-12 has been criticized the last several years for not having a dominant team eating their own, if you will, not spitting out a team that even makes the playoff. And if they do, it's not that competitive. Washington 2016, for example. The Big 12, I'm excited about the parity of it, but also there's a little bit of danger in that you may not have that dominant program that can hang at that top level. What's your perception of how the league is going to perform and who that top top team will be, perhaps, and how, how they do in Oklahoma and Texas League? Yeah. So, I mean, Oklahoma, you know, you have them with the run of six straight conference titles through 2015 all the way through 2020. Right. I mean, they they were the, the top dogs uh, uh, in this conference. And then you get Baylor last year. And I think what's interesting with Baylor is they were picked to finish first in the conference this year. A really difficult schedule, including a road game at BYU. It's coming up in the second week of the season. I'm pretty pumped for that game. I'm sure you guys are as well. Um, I, I think they're kind of in the catbird seat because when you think about Baylor football the last few years or last like decade or so, they've had three separate coaches who have performed really well there. I mean, Art Bryles, you know, say what you want about Art Bryles and I've got plenty to say about that, but as a coach did a really good job. Then obviously you had Matt Rule, who is now with the Carolina Panthers, did a great job there with Baylor as well. And then you have Dave Aranda come in and now, you know, he has a great season, wins the big 12 championship. So to me, I think Baylor is kind of in that position because we've seen them succeed over the last decade or so. Oklahoma State's been the most consistent over the last two decades because of what Mike Gundy has built. So I think they've got a really good chance to be up there too. And then I am very curious to see what happens with the new schools that you bring in. I think Houston has a chance. I think Cincinnati has a chance as long as Luke Fickle stays there. UCF, you never know what they could concoct with. Obviously, Gus Malzahn there. So I think all those schools have a chance, but if I were to pick one to kind of be the top dog, I would say it's Baylor in the lead. But I think as you know, this conference is going to be competitive, and that's what's going to be fun about the conference. Um, but I, you know, I don't think we all just want the conference to be competitive. We want it to be competitive in a nationally relevant way, where everybody's not just like, oh, it's a fun ten and two. The same way, you know, an American team could be viewed as a fun ten and two. No, we want to be taken seriously, even if there is some parity in the league. Josh, this year it's about the Big Ten making decisions and then the Pac-12 having to react to those. A year ago, it was the SEC making decisions and then the Big 12 having to make their decisions. And look, maybe it's somewhat self-serving to say this, but obviously we think they did a pretty good job on how they rebounded and brought in the schools. So 
this year compared to last year, where do you feel the Big 12 is and what type of player do you expect them to be in terms of conference realignment moving forward? Yeah, I think they're fine. I mean, you think about where we were last year. Yikes, there was some serious, serious anxiety from a lot of parties about the, the survival of the conference. But in, in kind of the long run, like it's actually good that it happened when it did. It gave them the inside edge because the best brands of the board were UCF, were BYU, were Cincinnati, and were Houston. And actually, luckily for for you know the conference, I mean, uh, twelve and two was Houston, and then also Cincinnati made a playoff run, and BYU had another really good season. And then UCF, obviously, they had their issues because you know Dylan Gabriel getting injured, but still it ended up having actually a pretty nice season uh, record wise. So I think they're still in a good spot. I, I believe that and. Look, they're going to be in player and conference realignment. They're not going to have the first choice. But to me, you know, the the, the one like the one advantage that Pac-12 honestly has, and this is being pointed out, is that the Pac-12 after dark games are just by themselves, which has given them some massive advantage. You're seeing all these articles written about the television advantage that these West Coast schools have. You know, uh, Washington State is more viewed than Oklahoma State, right? Why? They're on 11 o'clock every night. So like, really how much of a brand advantage is that? You know, and I think the, I think the question is, could the Big 12 absorb those schools and also play some games later on at night to maintain those television windows? Because the Pac-12 is not liking what they are seeing uh, from in terms of like the money they're being offered. So could the Big 12 dip into that television window if they dip into the Pac-12 is actually a big question that I've had the last few days. And then also, are Oregon and Washington going to be snatched up by the, by the Big 10? That's a huge question because those are the two best brands to me left on the board. The Big 12 could snag those. It'd be fantastic. But I, I think the Pac-12 is, you know, John Wilner has been saying it's four teams away from, from getting – collapsed i think of oregon and washington go it's pretty much death sentence i mean you could you can you can put the nail in the coffin or if the four corner schools get taken by the big 12 that's also nail in the coffin too for that conference we're talking to josh neighbors of the locked on big 12 podcast i feel the same if two teams go you're down to eight and who are you going to add that that keeps you power five maybe you still are i don't know but san diego state has entered the conversation according to dennis dodd with some sources sources take them for what it's worth should the Big 12 proactively try and get a San Diego State and or other teams uh, that aren't in the Pac-12 before the Pac-12 perhaps adds? Because it feels like the Big 12 obviously have said, hey, we're open for business, right? Uh, but they do. does the Big 12 need to expand to, to uh, you know, plunder uh, the, the Pac-12? Or does San Diego State need to come in before? It would certainly be nice if they if they did expand, but they, they don't need it. Like, there is a reason why the Big 12 walked away from an all-out merger with the Pac-12. They actually don't straight up need that to happen for them. So that is, you know, that, that they are in a position to power with that. I'll tell you what, guys. The San Diego State faithful have been in the mentions. They have been in the DMs. <laughs> they have been on commenting on YouTube. They they want in. They want to see at the table. I don't blame them, obviously. They're in a, you know, they're in a market in San Diego. It's one of the, you know, larger markets. Uh, it's kind of out there available right now to to potentially go to. Um, and good both football and basketball programs. So I, I think that they're in play. And I, I think the one thing to be careful with is this like taking somebody to take them off the board makes sense. Only if you can make sure on the back end you're getting the teams in that you want. Because if what's going to happen here is the Big 12 is just splitting up the pie, not increasing the value, and it's you know it's it's basically becoming more teams 
less overall value in the television contract, well, that's not necessarily a good thing. So you have to make sure that you're making the moves for the, you know, I know everything the right reasons kind of out the door, but like the right financial reasons, right? You, you have to make sure that you're consolidating uh, kind of power when you make this move. If you get San Diego State and Arizona, you, you kind of want a Utah and Arizona State to go with it or a Colorado and somebody else or, or however many schools you could pluck or plunder to use that term. So you have to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. But I, I know there are plenty of San Diego State fans out there who they would love to get in the Big 12. And we've heard from them for a long time uh, in the WAC and in the Mountain West. And so are you hear from very, them all the time. Very familiar with uh, the, the show. The vocal group. It's yep. a vocal group. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Well, Josh, we appreciate the time. Uh, best of luck with uh, covering all of this. And thanks for joining us. Yeah, for sure, guys. Anytime. Josh, neighbors of the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Great perspective there. And it's interesting because obviously San Diego State wants to be in this show, which we'll talk about a little bit more later. But uh, I'm just happy BYU's in, and yes. then we hope that okay, the Big 12 can be equal to or better than it is uh, as of now. Look, I agree 100% with what he said. Look, it, it sounds great that if you're going to go after, let's say for the sake of argument, that all of these sources that are out there, that San Diego State really is in play for both. Like if, if both want, the, there's, obviously, there's obviously a reason why both want them. So if you can get them and it hurts the other side, that's great. But if bringing a team in ultimately dilutes finances overall, right. does it really make sense? I, I agree with his point there 100%. We'll talk about more of this coming up later in the program. All right, coming up, how we would feel about the show being in the show in the Big 12. Okay. Plus, Atiki Ali Atiki is flying, and Jaron Hall's got game on the golf course. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Great to have you on this July 28th. He is Jason. I am Jerem. Let's whip it. Good work, friends. Presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Fessy Satake making another appearance in the program today. That's that's twice. I know. That's More Fessy. Jaron Hall and Fessy Satake both went golfing yesterday, and Jaron posted his score, which was quite impressive. Dude. Five over. Should Fessy be a better golfer than Jaron? Quarterbacks have game, dude. They do. Like it's the hips thing. I think that's what I've been told. Seriously, when the when the ex amazing quarterback factory shows up and they play, they can all play. Um, no, Jaron should be better than Fessy because quarterback. But I have not seen in any facet of life where Fessy is not amazing. He's just good at everything. Fessy's good at everything. Should he be better? I, I don't know. Like everybody's got their own, you know, you're as good as, as, good as you want to be. So I, 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 I don't know if I have an opinion on this so much, but I like what you said. The quarterbacks, quarterbacks tend to be pretty good at golf. So it doesn't surprise me that Jaron shot the impressive five over. Like, beware the backup quarterback who stinks at golf. Because <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be good at quarterback. Now that most of the major college football award watch lists have been announced, which BYU player named to a watch list has the best chance of actually winning that award? BYU will sweep the awards this year. Oh, my God. I'm done. Go ahead. Take it up. No, uh, no, um, look, I mean, I don't think, I think the kicking awards, I think are the ones I go to because we know how good uh, Rico and Oldroyd are. I'm actually going to go with Ryan Rico, the Ray guy. I love Ryan Rico. You know I love Ryan Rico. Yes. Um, I also want to mention Blake Freeland, 
has a chance. As if if BYU has a great year, I'm talking like 11 and 1, 12 and 0, like amazing. Blake Freeland's gonna be everywhere, all over stuff. He's got a shot because he's a first round type talent right now. Blake Freeland is going to make a lot of money playing football. Yes. A lot of money playing football in the National Football League. He is, uh, yeah, he, he he is the best offensive lineman BYU's had in a minute. Clark Barrington, amazing yes. guard. He's got a lot. Yes. I think from this group of kind of the top seven alignment, we're going to see three or four in the NFL. Look, and, but, and here's the, the thing. In the next couple of years. Here's the thing that's exciting about that, to that point. We're, I, I think we're at a point with that position specifically where we're not going to be surprised now when multiple players on BYU's offensive line start getting this type of attention. And because this, is, this type of talent is just coming into the program, and it's being yes. replenished by other high-level talent. This is where BYU needs to be if it's going to be successful in the Big 12. you got to have a quarterback that is draftable, and then number two is nice, right? That close. But Jaron Hall, do it again, then get another one. And then O-linemen. If you can put other positions in there, great. But, like, you'll always be good if you have a good O-line and yep. a good quarterback. It's always. True. All right, yesterday we showed a video of Atiki Ali Atiki jumping and touching the top of the backboard. Reminded me of when I did it. I never did it. Excuse me? Then BYU Basketball posted a video of Atiki doing vertical testing, and it was really impressive. Uh, What do you want to see Atiki jump in the next social media video? I want him to jump over uh, St. Mary's Gym. Because it's so small, I think. <laughs> so instead of jumping out of the gym, you want him hey, jumping over the gym. I'm going to steal your idea from this morning on our call. Uh, over Mark Few. <laughs> okay. I want him to pull a Blake Griffin and jump over a Kia. Over a Kia. Yeah. You're a Kia guy. Look, I have. I know somebody that has a Kia if he would like to jump over it. You're wi- you're willing to risk it? No, my Just daughter has. My la- daughter has a Kia. Oh, okay. So. Just in case he lands on the windshield. In high school, I jumped and landed on my own windshield and totally broke. You know, all those videos of people like when the car's coming at them and then they try and like jump over and Which most of them miss half and the get their like knees clipped. Oh my gosh, yes. Like reconstructive surgery. Yeah. Or the one with Kobe that was totally fake. Yeah. I think Nike did or something. Or was it? Or was it? As mentioned in headlines, BYU pitcher Ryan Brady signed with the Milwaukee Brewers as a free agent, totaling five coups from last season uh, at the pro level. Will BYU be able to replace that talent loss for next season? Um, I think the answer is yes. And look, of the the players that left, you're talking mostly about pitching. It's the pitching depth and that BYU had last year. Now, granted, they lose some really important pieces of their relievers. Obviously, Ryan got a start as once, but I, I think they have the guys there very much like what we were talking about with the offensive line with BYU football. That was a strength for this team last year because of the sheer numbers and depth and talent that they have at those positions. So I think they're going to be just fine. Trent Pratt uh, is, is got his work cut out for him in recruiting, but a new era of BYU baseball. It, it, I, I'm happy about the fact that BYU had four picks and a free agent. You want guys going yeah. to the next level. That's a recruiting tactic. And a lot and of two people- Two guys in, the, in top 10 rounds. Incredible. Yes. And, and uh, Andrew Pintar in the fifth, despite only playing 17 games, like unbelievable. Ty Nielsen going in the eighth round of the, the Pirates. Hey, shout out to Spanish Fork, both those guys. <laughs> Los Dons. Yeah, I, it's, it, it really is exciting. And now, look, and the recruits that are coming in, year after year after year, I keep hearing it's the best recruiting class we've had. And next year, it's the best recruiting class we've had. They're continuing to do this. That's why I feel very, very confident, even though you lost a lot of talent, they're going to be able to replenish that with talent. And Big 12 baseball, bigger challenge. Without question, there's no, no, no doubt about that. And there's some leagues that it's a lesser challenge. Like in women's soccer, it's actually 
not as good as the WCC. Right. But baseball, in almost every league, it's going to be tough. Yep, no question. All right, coming up, a rise and shout out to playoff expansion. What? Did it happen? What? And San Diego State has entered the chat, the latest in the Pac-12 and Big 12 realignment discussion. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Watch the season debut of After Further Review as Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon look back at Tyler Algiers' run into history. Watch it anytime on demand on the BYU TV app. What an incredible year that was. And now we have Christopher Brooks from Cal coming in behind yeah. that awesome offensive line. I should have mentioned, I should have rewritten the uh, the promo and said uh, Atlanta Falcons starting running back Tyler starting Algiers back. run into he, history. He's getting a ton of love. People think he's <laughs> going to get uh, a ton of carries, maybe be the number one there. Look, there we talk about this all the time. You have to have the talent to be able to play. But it also, so much of your success is determined on the team and the fit. He went to a perfect team that needs a guy like him. They do not have a lot of running backs in the room right now. And certainly uh, guys that can offer what Tyler can. So he has gotten himself into a situation that is perfect. Now it's up to him to be able to take the opportunity, you know, take the bull by the horns and make the most of it. And, and we'll see how it goes uh, because there, there's a situation in Atlanta because you have Marcus Mariota as starting quarterback perhaps. Uh, they drafted Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. So we'll see offensively what the Falcons yeah. uh, bring to the table. But Tyler Algier is getting some uh, serious love. It's good to see. Okay, Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports yesterday weighed in from uh, Big Ten Media Days uh, talking about uh, you know what the Big Ten is looking at and whatnot, uh, mentioning that Sources were saying to him, sources, take for what it's worth, that uh, obviously Oregon and Washington still in the mix there, and Stanford and Cal as well. They, they have not really been mentioned very much in this. Also, he said the Big 12 is zeroing in on westward expansion with Arizona at least, according to sources. There's no indication if Arizona State would follow, though CBS Sports previously reported that ASU, Colorado, and Utah were Big 12's targets, San Diego State is in play for both the Pac-12 and Big 12 sources indicate. Your thoughts on San Diego State in the mix here? Well, and it's, it's interesting because of all of the expansion talk and who's going to poach who from this conference, you know, there really has not been a lot of talk yeah. about San Diego State or Boise State. Now, I know they get mentioned probably more in regards to the Pac-12 than anything else. Boise State, it's like... Bo Boise, Tumbleweeds rolling through there. Boise State in some trouble in terms of wanting to take that next step because I, I, I don't know where it comes from right away. Now, obviously, things, as we have seen, right. can change very quickly. But I, it is interesting that now you're starting to hear more and more about San Diego State. And according to this Dodd, who I, I trust, when it comes to Big 12-type things, I trust Dennis Dodd. He's, he lives in Kansas City. He's in that area. He's covered this conference for a really, really long time. So if he says it, I, I, I know that's coming from a, a legitimate place. My idea on San Diego State, look, we could sit here and be petty and vindictive, which, you know, we, we do often. We, we do often, and it's fun to do. <laughs> but look, I, I've always said, look, if it helps the overall growth of the conference, then it's a good thing to bring them in. If it, if it also sort of on the side takes an option away from the Pac-12, it's, it's sort of another positive, I guess. It's an arms race right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. So overall, if it's something that legitimately brings value 
to the Big 12, then, then I like the idea. Well, it won't in the TV deal because hardly anyone does. Like BYU wouldn't, Utah wouldn't, you know what I mean? Meaning, are we going to get more if that team comes in? No, you're going to split the pie more ways. Um, that, and, and the reality is only Notre Dame is left out there that isn't with somebody already that would Fine, do that. let's just go get Notre Dame then. You would think. <laughs> nice. Done. You think, we can't even get them to come to Provo. You think <laughs> Oregon and Washington <laughs> would, right? Obviously, USC and UCLA did. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma did. There's not a ton of teams that do that. But in the race to don't plunder us, we'll plunder you. Right. Does the Big 12 go and, uh, you know, try and get, obviously, teams from within the Pac-12? That would seem to move. But it is interesting to think about, what if the Big 12 was like, we're going to add San Diego State and Boise State to get the next two best other teams out west, and then, yes, we would still like to add the four corners. We would still like to add Oregon and Washington. Then you have this the mega conference west of the Mississippi, and everyone's playing for third anyway. I wonder how proactive the Big 12 will be with this because the Pac-12, 10 and 2024, are actively in negotiations with ESPN and Fox to, to sign a TV contract and get into a grant of rights that will solidify the future for the Pac-12-10. It's interesting to see what's going to happen here. Do they feel like they need to expand in response or not? So let's go with what the report, the, literally what it says, that right now... Let's say San Diego State and Arizona. I do find it a little odd, although we've seen things over the last couple of years that when we would never have expected. Without BYU. Yes. Yeah. So I, I do find it a little odd that Arizona State and Arizona wouldn't make the move together. But again, we've, we've seen it's, there's certainly other you know, examples of it. Arizona, San Diego State. That's a basketball move. What, so, yes. What are your overall thoughts? If that's the move, you, you go get two, yeah. and those are the two you get. Well, you want to be in California. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now you have West Coast more. Uh, Arizona six months of the year. Your West, <laughs> your Pacific time zone. When, when is is Arizona just going to get on one time zone at some point? We all need to just get on. Call my mom. No, no daylight savings. Let's just let's let's make that happen. That went to uh, what the House or something? They need to vote on it. Yeah, let's or just make Senate. it happen. Um, yeah, that would be interesting. You already have the number one basketball conference. All of this is about TV football revenue. Correct. Though. Like Arizona brings you little to nothing in football. But you are Arizona geographically fits in the Big 12. Now you have natural travel partners. Dot dot dot. It. I. I wonder if they. Uh, the Big 12 feels the need to have like an even one, an even amount of teams, and then two have an even amount in the Mountain and Pacific time zone or not. Obviously, if you could somehow get Oregon and Washington, that'd be great. Although it feels like if the Big 10 invited actually invited them, they'd probably take it. And now the now the Pac-12 uh, just goes away. They are. It feels like the Pac-12 is a house of cards right now. Yeah. But they could totally solidify themselves by getting that, a TV contract that, yes, is not going to be as good as everybody else, but they would be in a grant of rights, and they would still have their league. They could add teams if they wanted to. They could add San Diego State. and Fresno. U- Fresno State or UNLV or Boise State or whatever, depending on what they want. Is, are they going to add value? No, but they're just trying to survive. They're not trying to thrive. They're trying to survive. And I hope the Big 12 uh, I think can in, be in a great spot. And I would trust me, I would love if you were like, dude, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, San Diego State, Boise State, they're all going to be in, the, in this bigger Big 12. I would be like, that sounds amazing. See, I, in theory, I agree with what you just said. But just surviving, if, if by surviving you're bringing in 
schools that aren't adding anything and all they're doing is taking away financially. I don't know how that helps you survive. Well, I don't know that they take away. They just, they, they just don't well, add. They, but, but that's taking away. If you're not adding something, you're taking away because it's another piece of the pie you have to give out. Well, you could, you could, uh, you could work with the TV partners and say, okay, if we add these teams, can we add the, that amount of equal share to every or whatever? You, you figure it out. San Diego State wants to be in. They're, There's no question. Trust me, we know that, that feeling. Boise State's in some serious trouble, as you mentioned. I would love to be in the same conference as those guys. Although they want all that TV revenue, but also that, uh, like, Boise State's used to and likes winning the conference championship. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder, like, Gonzaga in basketball is an interesting uh, situation, too. Is there any way Gonzaga in basketball is ever in, say, the Big 12 as an affiliate member in that sport only? Uh, by the way, Utah Valley is an affiliate member in wrestling in the Big 12. Like, that exists, which is really interesting. Could Gonzaga ever be just in the Big 12? But Gonzaga loves being the little guy that beats up the big teams and is the and one And having seed. the power. They like that. And having the control over everything. I'm not sure they actually want to lose eight conference games in the Big 12. You know what I mean? If Can you, you imagine If that? you play with the – like, like – and I even joked with uh, Mark Pope on, on uh, Big 12 uh, Day, September 10th last year. I said, think about it, Mark. If you go 500, this is off camera, if you go 500, he goes, we're not going 500. I'm like, <laughs> well, we hope to be above 500 in year one. That would be a pretty good record, right? But, like, it's a different game when you're in a power five. Like with BYU football, we're feeling pretty good right now. Coming off 2020 and 21, we think 22 is going to be amazing. In, in 23, this is a new challenge. You, you've walked into the uh, weight room. This is, you know, something you can, uh, you know, understand. Is you walk into the weight room, you're putting more weight on the bar. You do not get the same amount of reps. Like, it, it, is, it is different. Like, 8 and 5 in the Big 12 is different than 8 and 5 yes. as an independent. Not all 8 and 5s are created equally. That's exactly right. So, we'll see what, you know, ever since USC and UCLA, uh, you know, actually went to the Big 10 from, from uh, John Wilder saying, Hearing this will happen to announcement five hours later, I was like, oh, my gosh. Nothing has actually happened since then. But, um, and it might even be like a year or two, but watch the Pac-12 TV deal. That I, tells us whether they will stay together yes. or not. I am fascinated with what is going to be said tomorrow by the Pac-12 commissioner of Pac-12 Media Day. I am, honestly, I, I'm, I have no reason to watch anything Pac-12, but I'm going to be glued to his comments to see what he says. Will it be on the Pac-12 network, and will you be able to find it? It won't be because they want people to see it. So, (laughs) It's live on Paramount+. Plus. (gasps) So I'm fascinated with what the commissioner says tomorrow for the Pac-12. George Klyovkov. He has to nail that speech, talk, whatever, announcement. He did. He just gets up there. We're screwed. Uh, we, 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 you know, just we'll pay you to take our teams. Uh, we'll see what happens, man. Yeah. We'll see what happens. It'll Hopefully the, the Big 12 can uh, get some more teams. All right, coming up, who among you gets the elite voice of the day? And who gets today's rise and shout out? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps today, or you can download the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And please, while you're there, subscribe, rate, and review. 
This is from the hang glider that Jason rode a little earlier today over BYU's campus. Well, let me tell you, it cuts down on the commute time. <laughs> you go fast, man. You beat the traffic. Before we get to our question today, we got this response about San Diego State getting a uh, Power 5 invite, potentially, at PR Jeff. I wonder what he works in. Hey, uh, hashtag San Diego State. Want a Pac-12 invite? Pull a Chargers and move your campus to Los Angeles. Now, I'm telling you, the <laughs> Los Angeles State Aztecs has a real nice ring to it. The California Angels of Anaheim. Yeah. Aztecs. Aztecs. <laughs> uh, by the way, brand new football stadium for them this year. Yes, it looks really, 000, really nice. Which, which makes sense. It's like 35K is perfect. Is, perfect is for Qualcomm, it. Is Qualcomm slash Jack Murphy still there? Or have they, is it been demolished? I don't know. Oh, I think is it's it still there I being used for something? No, I think it's demolished. I think it's demolished, okay. yeah. Which is a bummer. Uh, so many, the site of so many uh, amazing BYU football plays, but that place was a dump. When we went there in 2016 <laughs> yeah. for the Poinsettia Bowl, I was like, this place stinks. I, I get why they're, uh, why they, why they tore it down? I, I've only been there one time, and it was the 2012 Poinsettia Bowl, or as I like to call it, the KVN game. Yes, uh, that was amazing. Okay, our question today. If the college football playoff were to expand to 16 teams in the future, how often would you expect BYU to be in the playoff? Your lead voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Nate Crowley on Twitter. Once a decade is my overall expectation. That being said, the current trajectory mm-hmm. in the last two years, Word I'd say twice a decade feels good. Once every five, that's what you said. But let's be real, my heart bleeds blue, and I will unrealistically expect it every year. <laughs> I'm going to be disappointed every year every when... Every year. Massive blue goggles. <laughs> Today's rising shout-outs presented by Mountain America, official credit union of BYU Athletics. To playoff expansion. Yes. We hope one day it expands to 8, 12, 16, whatever. But also, and I didn't mention this yesterday, uh, men's volleyball expanded from 7 to 12 teams, if approved, they're still working on it, in 2024. This is great because... They've added two volleyball conferences and added 14 teams the last five years. So now the percentage of teams that make from the field that will make the NCAA tournament in men's volleyball will be 19%, the same as college men's and women's basketball. So that's great, and BYU's got a better shot at making that tournament, obviously. I do feel bad. We had, when, we, when we had Sean Olmstead on, like, everybody's so excited about going to the Big 12. And, and, <laughs> and, He's and, the lone <laughs> ranger over there. I, his, I feel bad for them. I, I really do. Yeah, okay. Well, MPSF, we still like it. Our thanks to today's guest, Josh Neighbors. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use hashtag BYUSN. Sorry to Dennis, we ran out of time. We know you're working on special Dodd? coordination. Nope. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Katie Larkin. Join us tomorrow for a look back at the 2020 BYU football team in performing in a pandemic. Go Cougs! And expand the playoff, baby.